This is the Intego Mac Podcast. The voice of Mac security. For November 16th, 2018. In this week's episode, our special guest, Andra Zaharia from CyberGhost, explains virtual private networks, VPNs, and how a VPN can keep you and your data safe on the modern Internet. The Intego Mac Podcast is presented by Intego, makers of security and utility software exclusively for Apple products since 1997. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac Podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's Chief Security Analyst, Josh Long. One of the most important things for security these days is to make sure that the communications between your devices, your Mac or your iPhone, and the servers you're connecting to are secure. And the best way to do that is to use a VPN, a virtual private network. This is an app that creates a secure connection for you between your device and a remote server. We've talked about this in the past, but today we have a special guest. Her name is Andra Zaharia. She's from CyberGhost. You are the spokesperson from CyberGhost, a company that makes a VPN. CyberGhost is one of Intego's partner companies. Andra, nice to talk to you. Great talking to you as well. Really thrilled to be on the podcast. So we've discussed VPNs over and over and over. And Josh, I mean, Josh lives in a VPN. He's he's in a secure underground bunker someplace. There's no way he could communicate with the outside world otherwise. CyberGhost is a wonderful tool. It's the, the VPN that I use personally. And what I really like about it is I can connect to a, a distant country in one or two clicks. What are the main reasons that people want to use VPNs today? So as you all know, and I'm sure that your listeners know as well, there's been a lot of talk around privacy, about data protection, and every topic related to them in the past year, but also in the past four to five years. This topic has only been growing in importance for everyone simply because the nature uh, of everything that's going on, not only in the security industry, but well beyond that, has made it so that privacy and security have become you know, top of mind for everyone, even though they used to be subjects that were dedicated only to techies and people who actually knew what was going on. And, you know, with all this connectivity and all these gadgets came the need to protect them. Security is actually one of the core human needs that we have. We we need shelter. We need protection. We, know, we need to know that this baseline is covered so we can be productive and creative and, you know, enjoy our lives more. So, in came the VPN. At first, uh, when CyberGhost was created almost uh, eight years ago, so that was back in 2011, it was initially a proxy and it developed into a fully fledged VPN as it grew uh, exponentially over the years. Also, of course, nurtured uh, and somewhat, you know, uh, pushed through um, based on so many events that happened in the past year, starting with Snowden. So people started using VPNs in the security industry of course, because they knew that encryption was absolutely necessary. They knew exactly what they were looking to protect. But, you know, regular users weren't aware of this need until they became confronted with, let's say, the vulnerability of their data spread across devices, spread across the internet. So we have, let's say, um, two main reasons why people use a VPN. One is related to this core value of, you know, protecting what's privacy. And that means securing your data not only on the device itself, but more importantly, as it communicates across networks with other devices and especially many, many networks. Right. And also preventing other people from knowing what you're doing and what you're visiting, which websites you're visiting. There are governments where they want to track your web activity. There are ISPs who track your web activity and sell it to advertisers. 
Exactly. So everyone, data has become the most important type of currency that we have in the digital era. So protecting your data, even though you might not think it's important, has become uh, quintessential. We've seen password leaks. We've seen tremendous amounts of data leaked, aggregated, and then used for identity theft to use by hackers in all sorts of attacks in, in ways so creative that you would never suspect they'd be able to actually, you know, pull it off and pull it off successfully and, you know, repeatedly. So this has been one of the main reasons why people use VPNs to protect their data, especially over Wi-Fi, especially over unsecured Wi-Fi, but even on encrypted networks, because I know that, you know, people who work in the industry are slightly paranoid, uh, but they have a good reason to be slightly paranoid because, you know, being aware of all the hacks and everything that's going on makes you very uh, conscious of these issues. But also people have become aware of these issues and they're starting to use this on a daily basis, making it part of their habit. Plus, there's another, uh, you know, benefit, which is uh, accessing content remotely. This is what VPN was initially used for, especially in companies. But people now are using it as they travel more, as they work remotely, um, you know, as they seek to gain access to the content that they're used to when they're at home. They want to see that abroad, especially, you know, because they're paying for it and they have a subscription. So, um, you know, that's another uh, very important use case as well. I've worked with companies where the only way I could access their websites or their content management systems was through a VPN and for security. And, and that's the professional use. I would say that if you're in the business of communicating with your company, then you just know that's going to happen. But it's more and more consumers who are using VPNs. And, you know, it's interesting. Just this morning, I was writing an article where I needed to check some prices. And this is an article. I'm in the UK, but this article is going to be published in the U.S., and I needed some prices for services in U.S. dollars. It's not always easy to find that when you're outside the country. So CyberGhost let me connect to a U.S. server and let me view the U.S. versions of the web pages. Again, most people don't need this, but when you're a journalist, you often need to be able to get access to things in a different country that, that are filtered for one reason or another. Absolutely. Plus, let's remember what GDPR contributed to this exact context and situation. There are so many websites, especially in the U.S., that are now blocked for European users, such as myself. So naturally, you need a VPN to, you know, be able to get your news and read that. And it's not only that, it's that security layer that comes on top of that. So sometimes with, uh, and often is the case with VPN products and as CyberGhost does as well, is that you also get an ad blocker that, you know, helps you kind of filter your content and eliminate some of the threats that come via distribution networks that um, work in this area. Plus, you can actually save costs on mobile sometimes. Uh, for example, CyberGhost has this data, helpful data compressing feature that kind of, you know, helps compress images and other, you know, non-essential content for you so you can save cost on mobile, especially where you're traveling. And it's just become, as people connect to, you know, Wi-Fi on the subway, uh, in the airport, in hotels, and so on and so forth, it's just so easy to secure your connection in one tap and not have to worry and go about your business as you usually do. So you mentioned something earlier saying that CyberGhost was initially a proxy and now it's a full-fledged VPN. Can you explain the technical difference between using a proxy and using a VPN? So in the beginning, um, CyberGhost was, let's say, a stripped-down version of what it is now. It's still used encryption, but it was a very simple version of connecting to remote locations and connecting them through a tunnel. But now with a fully-fledged VPN, you get, uh, you know, the highest standard of encryption. You get a kill switch that is activated automatically if your internet connection drops off so you're not left unprotected at any point in time. You get, uh, you know, an ad-blocking feature. You get 
a huge network of servers that are especially optimized for some types of activities, such as protecting your downloads, protecting your streaming activities, plus uh, helping you, you know, um, enjoy content in a specific country, especially for like sports events and other things like that. That is one of the main reasons I use a VPN. I lived in France for a long time, and I'm a big fan of the Tour de France cycling race. And here in the UK, not only is the commentary terrible, but there are commercials like every five minutes. In France, they put it on the web. They put the whole stage on with just like maybe two commercial breaks an hour. So once July comes around for three weeks, I'm on my VPN so I can get the French feed, the full stage, the French commentary, and none of these dumb commercials. I know that's not the most important reason because I do use a VPN for security also. But I think that's one thing. In some ways, it's not entirely kosher to do that because you are supposed to be in the country where you're paying a TV license. But this is a world without borders. And in some cases, these borders are artificial. And it just really depends on where you are and whether the provider wants to serve you. As you mentioned earlier, GDPR, there are still newspapers in the U.S. that I can't view. Andre, you mentioned that because of GDPR, there are some companies that are not based in the EU that have just decided to block IP addresses, you know, basically. So if you have an ISP that indicates that you're in the EU, then they'll just block you from accessing the content completely, which is a very heavy handed way of doing it and probably doesn't make a lot of sense. But but nevertheless, there are actually companies doing this. There are even services that have been created so that people can subscribe to the service so that their website will just be blocked for everybody who happens to be coming from an EU IP address. And it's really unfortunate because what what their goal is, is they just don't want to get sued. They don't want to have to deal with legal ramifications and they don't feel like maybe they get enough business or enough views from people in the EU. But this is a really interesting idea that, you know what, I don't care. I'm not going to sue you or anything. I just want to see what's on your website. And I like the idea of being able to use a VPN just to, to get content that is blocked for some ridiculous reason. Yeah, and I actually have an idea that um, relates very tightly to that. So I was at the cybersecurity conference last week that happens in Bucharest, and there was this talk on the balkanization of the internet, which means the fragmentation of the internet according to interests of nation states, of uh, companies, ISP, and so on and so forth. What we're witnessing now, and I think we all see this, is the fragmentation of the internet into so many, you know, closed circles or just people trying to put barriers um, for uh, people to other people to access their content, which is really difficult. GDPR has been heavy on businesses, but then there are also interests from uh, ISP and other parties involved. And obviously, this benefits no one because so much economic growth and so many opportunities have appeared and emerged because the internet was created to be free, to be accessible for all, to you know democratize access to information. And this is basically also part of our core mission. Uh, as a company and as a VPN maker to restore, let's say, this freedom of the internet that we've been used to, especially now that it's super important for journalists to be able to do their jobs, to be able to protect their sources. Uh, and with so much data flying around and with so many vulnerabilities and backdoors and people trying to use them and exploit them in, in some way or another, this has become essential. So it's not just about, you know, VPN is an interesting product that couples utility with our need for privacy. So 
it kind of uh, gives us access to both, which is really nice. But it's also, you know, its usage, when compounded, the effect of, you know, millions of people around the world using it, it's also a powerful statement that we want the internet to be free and we want it to be equal for all and still enjoy these opportunities and connect to one another. The free speech argument is quite important. A lot of countries will tend to ignore that, but it's true that if you're a journalist, if you're a dissident in some countries, it may be the only way you can safely communicate. There are countries where your internet usage is monitored, where all of your activity is recorded and logged. And one of the advantages of a VPN is that there are no logs stored. Your ISP merely sees that you have a connection to a remote server in a different country, but doesn't know what you're sending. And actually, there are some VPN companies that do keep logs. And, and I think that's one of the things I really like about CyberGhost is that um, they have a no logs policy. A lot of VPN companies will say, oh, well, we only keep logs for a certain amount of time. But then you kind of wonder then, well, if they are keeping logs, then is it possible for whoever it might be to request access to those logs while they still exist. And depending on what jurisdiction, you know, are they going to be able to get those logs when they request them? And so it's much better to have a no logging policy because then you know that you're safe, <laughs> you, that nobody can request whatever logs for whatever amount of time they might exist. Uh, absolutely. And I know that there's, you know, um, obviously people need to trust you. The, the trust is a really important factor when choosing a security provider, either be it a VPN, an anti-malware product or whatever it is. And this trust, in our opinion, is only built on transparency. So you'd have to be really honest with your audience and show them who they are, because uh, obviously many VPN companies, you know, they, they're are a bit secretive. Uh, but this is not how we do things. We have like, you can meet our team, we have a team page, and you can actually see our faces. And we have our office address, and you can actually, you know, walk up to our door and we'll, <laughs> you'll find us here. Um, <clears throat> plus, we're based in Romania, which is outside of the jurisdiction of the Five Eyes, uh, or the 14 Eyes, you know, Alliance. And this is actually one of the main reasons that Robert Knapp, the founder, co-founder of CyberGhost, decided to build this company in Romania and not in Germany, his home country, because the legislation here does not force us to keep logs. So we were able to, you know, uphold our no logs policy no matter what. Plus, we were actually one of the first VPNs in the industry to publish a transparency report, which is now becoming a norm. And it's, it's, it's wonderful to see this, not just in the VPN industry, but in the tech industry in general, especially with so many requests for data and, you know, access to metadata and so on coming from authorities all over the world. Uh, we're actually going to update our soon um, as well. So you can actually see all these types of requests we get. And holding true to this no logs policy is extremely important to us. This is, you know, our way of helping people try to uh, leave less digital footprints behind them as they go across the web. There's just, we have no idea how much data is being collected right now. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the more technical aspects of using CyberGhost and other VPNs. If you or someone you know has got a new MacBook or iMac or switched to the Mac from Windows, be sure to check out Indigo's new Mac User Center. It's a one-stop collection of the things you'll need to know about using your Mac. Intego's new Mac User Center covers plenty of the basics to get you running smoothly and smartly in no time. Of course, one of the first steps you'll want to take is to install Mac security software from Intego to keep yourself protected. 
And right now, Intego Mac podcast listeners can get 50% savings on Intego software, including Mac Premium Bundle X9. Mac Premium Bundle X9 is a suite of terrific Intego software that includes the antivirus, anti-phishing, and anti-spyware protection of Intego Virus Barrier, home and hotspot firewall security from Intego Net Barrier, parental controls for peace of mind from Intego Content Barrier, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Download the free trial of Mac Premium Bundle X9 from Intego.com today, and then use the promo code Intego Podcast at checkout to save 50%. That's Intego Podcast to save 50% on complete Mac protection and security with Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9. Intego, devoted to protecting Apple products since 1997. Visit Intego.com today. So let's look at how this works. You install an app either on the Mac or on an iOS device. You also do Windows and Android, am I correct? Yes, and Android TV plus uh, very recently um, the Amazon Fire Stick. And so you open up the app and you choose which country you want to connect to. You have lots of servers. How many do you have? How many countries? How many servers? Uh, We have over 3,000 servers in over 60 countries at this point and growing. Okay, that's a lot. I've seen other VPN services that have a dozen. They have the main countries. They'll have the U.S., the U.K., France, Germany, Netherlands, etc. But they don't have anywhere near as many as you do. One of the really important things to remember about a VPN, you know, when you're at home, you don't have to worry too much about people sniffing your traffic. You may worry about what your ISP records, about what you visited, but you don't have to worry too much about you getting onto the safe network that goes out to the internet. But when you're on the road, when you're with a mobile device, when you're driving down the highway and you stop to get lunch or something, that's when a VPN is really useful because you're connecting to some Wi-Fi in, I don't know, let's just random fast food restaurant and it's free Wi-Fi and you give up your email address to join, but there's no way you can know what's going to happen and whether anyone can be eavesdropping on that kind of a network. Absolutely, especially now that it's so easy to buy things online and it's so easy to do online banking. And those are the most important details that you can give across a network and it's extremely dangerous to do so without feeling protected. I always like to remind people that if you're not having to put in a password when you're connecting to a Wi-Fi network, That means that anybody else on that network can see your traffic. Um, Now, if you're going to an HTTPS site, that's a little safer, but there may still be content embedded in that site sometimes that's not securely delivered. So you really have to be careful when you're using an open Wi-Fi network that if if there's no password, then remember there's no encryption and other people can potentially see some of what you're doing. Plus, there's an interesting use case that I've seen, uh, you know, in my own habits as well. If you if you leave your Wi-Fi open and sadly, you know, this is one of the things that in the latest iOS updates, I haven't agreed with the fact that it only disconnects you from the Wi-Fi if you tap the, you know, the shortcut instead of actually closing it. So I use Siri for that. Sometimes, for example, uh, I've seen this across Bucharest in Romania, telecom providers have these Wi-Fi hotspots in the subway and they'll force connect you to their Wi-Fi network if you have your Wi-Fi open, simply because they know it's you, they have your phone number, they already have your details. Right, if you've previously connected to the network, yeah. Exactly, and it's not password protected and obviously, okay, you may trust them, but you shouldn't. <laughs> you shouldn't, you you know, generally don't trust open networks. It's, it's easy to do that. We really need them, especially when you travel across countries. One 
one tip for this, if you're on an iOS device, or even a Mac or, or any other device really, you should have an option in that Wi-Fi network setup to not connect automatically. And so that's something that you want to do. If you happen to notice that oh shoot, I'm being, I'm connecting to this like open Wi-Fi network automatically. There's a way that you can toggle that and turn, turn that off so that you have to choose to connect to that Wi-Fi network in the future. It's a bit impractical because then when you get to work each time, you'll have to manually connect to the network, but it will protect you if you are traveling a lot. Right. And obviously the easiest way to do this, you know, VPNs used to be very complicated to set up in the past, but that was like many, many years ago. Now it's as simple as a single tap on your mobile device or a single click on your desktop. And everything just starts getting encrypted right away. You know you're protected. You can see how long you've been using uh, the VPN. You can switch locations easily. You can even, you know, set up your favorite servers if you want to go into particulars. Yes, I remember using VPNs years ago where you had to have some really long code that you would put in in a certain way. And even recently, VPN apps that I've used on my Mac, whenever I wanted to connect to a different server, I would need to download a profile file double-click that to install it, enter my password, but I don't even need to do that with CyberGhost. Why not? Am I more or less secure the way you do this? No, absolutely not. It's just as secure, or maybe even more so. It really depends on, you know, each product by itself, but n not at all. So we've we've gone to great lengths, and our, you know, my colleagues from the product team and from the tech team have gone to great lengths and put in a lot of effort to kind of automate protection for users and make it super simple, because if we want to give people access to VPNs and, you know, make this like a daily habit, you have to make it super easy, because people complain all the time that security is difficult you know, too many passwords, and so on and so forth. So we've made it easy in a various in various ways. So we've automated all these processes in the background. Plus, you can actually set up your own triggers, pr protection triggers, we have something that's called smart rules. And basically, when it you connect to an open Wi Fi, you can set CyberGhost to automatically start once you connect to that open Wi Fi. So you know, it's a type of set and forget kind of situation. Andre, you mentioned earlier about a kill switch feature. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that works and what that is? Mm -hmm, absolutely. So this is something that, you know, experienced uh, tech users or VPN users seek for in, in a, you know, reliable and trusted VPN. The kill switch basically uh, ensures that you're never left unprotected. So if you're adamant about, you know, uh, setting your protection so that it runs continuously, no matter what you choose to do, because obviously no one will know what you choose to do behind our VPN, uh, not even us, obviously, because we keep no longs and uh, we serve none of your activity. It's basically if you get disconnected from the internet, you don't have to manually restart CyberGhost. It will, if there's an interruption of any sorts in your connection, will make sure to kill your internet connection entirely and reboot CyberGhost before all the other processes start again, just to make sure that you're never ever left unprotected. This is super important because obviously if someone is monitoring you intently or automatically or in any way, they will want to pick up on any single type of data that you leave behind. So we want to make sure that your protection is, you know, full from end to end. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed because I kind of expected that the kill switch would be like you, you press a button and Tom Cruise rappels down from a helicopter or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that, ex, that ultimate uh. protection, Tom Cruise, who's our who's our mascot here on the show. <laughs> oh, you know, we could do like a go-see with Tom Cruise and, you know, maybe put that into the product. Oh, That's like that. actually a very fun idea. We'd love that would to be a powerful that. feature. Yeah. <laughs> So 
how do you convince people? I mean, we've talked about VPNs a lot. In fact, one of our most popular episodes was when we did about VPNs a year ago. But it's hard to convince people to use a VPN because it's technical. It's an abbreviation. It's already beyond what the average user understands. I, I managed to explain to my partner, who is your basic middle-aged woman who doesn't have a lot of technical experience, one day a couple years ago, she was coming home from London on the motorway and either her credit card got hacked or some account got hacked or something like that because she was using her phone when she was stopped or something. And so I was able to explain to her how to do this. But it's hard to get average users to understand the need for and the benefits of a VPN. So can, can you give us just three key points? How do you tell people how important a VPN is? I think that because information security in general and privacy are very abstract concepts, it's very difficult for people to actually relate to them and understand the real consequences of their online actions on their real lives. This happens all the time. And I've heard like stories from uh, InfoSec specialists uh, and actually regular folks telling me how they've, uh, you know, seen these things happen and this type of educational process and this aha moment happen when they realize that, oh my God, I need to actually do something about this. There are real consequences. So in my opinion, uh, and from what I've seen and experimented with friends, you know, parents and so on and so forth, um, I try to use like a, a little analogy. With younger people, you can use the simple fact of asking them, would you share with your mother your search history? on your laptop. And it's very easy for them to understand, like, no, this is super private. I would not want anyone to get their hands on that, especially, you know, if it's someone you know, particularly. So that that helps, you know, that that's layer one and, you know, protect your privacy, sharing everything that you do online. Um, then again, it's like, would you have someone, you know, peering over your shoulder constantly and seeing everything you type, everything you do, all your passwords, your information, would you be, you know, willing to share that? And once you give them a moment to think about the consequences, you can see that their thought process goes in that direction and they realize that, okay, I might be very, very exposed. Plus, you know, there's this this thing about VPNs, this preconception that only people who want to hide something use a VPN, which is so not true. And fortunately, you know, in the past few, uh, I don't know, one or two years, people's perceptions has changed a lot. We see it in the feedback we get from the community. People are getting educated, even though they don't understand the specifics and the Katera complexity behind it. Basically, they know that they need to do something to protect their data because they might get hacked and lose their money. Money, you know, losing money is the key point here. But also the fact that they feel, you know, surveyed, manipulated in any way, the fact that their censorship is making a comeback. I mean, we would not expect to see that in 2018. So, you know, these values, it, because it, it kind of, it's an attack uh, or a threat to their personal values related to, you know, uh, on Honesty, transparency, democracy, everything that we believe in and that have built up our um, our communities and our countries. This is also one of the reasons why they start acting on that. But of course, you have to make it very, very practical for people to be able to use a VPN. One, you have to make it easy for them to use a product, even fun, even, you know, as easy and as automated as possible just to make it a daily habit. And then there's this this aha moment that you need to trigger in order to explain to them, uh, to those who are still passive, because obviously a lot more people are doing research on their own and coming to you so you don't have to go to them and, you know, preach uh, the good work 
sort of privacy. So I think that would be like in a nutshell. Uh, there are many more examples in the background, but you know, people are becoming more aware, and I think we should empower these people and you know, not not blame it on the user. Uh, like uh, users don't know anything; they're not educated. We hear this a lot in the you know in the security industry, but I think it's time that we move towards that. Well, it's true that computers and, and smartphones are very complicated, and users. Whenever someone has a problem and they can't figure it out, they realize how complicated things are. So it, it is a breath of fresh air to have an app that does something as secure as CyberGhost does without there being a whole lot of this baggage that a user has to figure out and, and understand and and learn to remember the secret gestures and handshakes to get it to work every time. Uh, plus, I think there's one more point to make. You know, you've you've most likely seen this in the security industry as well. People think used to think that, you know, I don't need an antivirus, I don't go to bad websites, plus it will make my system slow. That's no longer the case. And people fear that using a VPN will, you know, throttle their speeds and they're going to, you know, have to wait for things to start, stop buffering and so on and so forth. But that's no longer the case. So many things have changed in the industry and then how the products are built and in the architecture behind them. Servers are a lot faster, so you'll feel like unnoticeable impact on speed, on the system performance. And if they've gotten accustomed to using an antivirus, an anti-malware product, which is, you know, now it's almost a commodity, people are super acquainted and familiar with it, I think the same is happening now to VPNs. Of course, they're a much newer product, and there's still a lot of education to you know, to be done, but they're a lot more aware of this issue. Plus, you know, uh, threats have multiplied and have complicated and they're also affecting youngsters. So I think that their education is a lot more different than our generations and that they're growing, uh, going to grow up with a different security mindset. And they're very, they're very, very um, persistent and they're very uh, driven to have their freedom respected. So I think that that's going to be a powerful driver because as soon as you start building worlds around them, um, they're going to fight back and they're going to find the tools to fight back. So if you're there, I think that a key thing is here and also what you're trying to do with the podcast and the blog, and the, the, which is amazing, is educate people and do it constantly because this is the never-ending process. Andres Aharia, thank you very much. We'll have a link in the show notes to CyberGhost and we do recommend it. CyberGhost is one of Indigo's partner companies. Andra, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. It was great talking to you. And I hope everyone finds something useful in this episode. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every weekly episode, be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts or in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the online show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com.